What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 25th episode of Chatter Up. Can you believe it? With your hosts, always with the most, myself, Bobby Rubin, and the man who won the 2014 Hula Hoop Juggling Competition in an epic final against the Tom Brady, Jared Wiesel. What's going on, man? Look it up, guys. It's out there on the internet, and nothing that you ever read on the internet is wrong. It's never been wrong. Jared, can you believe we've done 25 episodes of this? Episode 25, man. We are live. We are. Not the listeners, but we are. And we've got the best fans in the chatter up hive. Yeah, we do. Live and a high five for being live. For us, not for them. But man, what a great episode this is going to be. In honor of our 25th episode, head on over. Do us a favor. Give us a rating, review, and subscribe, please. It means the world to us. It does wonders for our podcast. If you like what And get 25 of your friends to do it, too. Seriously, in honor of it, we, it's a huge help, and we would appreciate it. And so in honor of the 25th anniversary, we're bringing out all the big guns this week. We have another What Did I Miss segment, another trivia segment. We're bringing back... Back and better than ever, would you rather? We'll give out some hardware for the champ chump and have a ton of fun and a whole lot more. Jared, are you ready to kick off this monumental episode? There's a lot of pressure, Bobby, because it's episode 25, but I'm up to the challenge. So am I. Then let's do this and let's chatter up. As we begin the quarter century anniversary, which is really untrue because it's not a time-based thing, but you know, <laughs> you, 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 know, you know what I'm getting at here. Let us kick off the same way we have kicked off the rest, Jared, with a rousing rendition of What Did I Miss, where we recap the hottest sports topics in and around sports from the past week. Jared, let's do it. Let's dive in. What Did I Miss? Well, Bobby, last week we crowned an NBA Finals champion. This week we came one step closer to crowning a World Series champion. As we now know who will be in the World Series, it'll be the Dodgers from the National League. It will be the Rays from the American League. Bobby, the two best words in sports, probably Game 7. And we were fortunate enough to get two of them. Let's start with the American League Championship Series where the Rays took out the Astros in seven games in what turned out to be a a crazy series. The Rays win the first three. The Astros win the next three. The Rays obviously end up winning game seven. Was there a part of you, Bobby, at all? Even a a tiny little part rooting for the Astros to complete the comeback? The true answer is yes, and I'm ashamed to admit it. But there was a really small part, and only because it's really fun to root against the villains. And if the World Series had happened and it would have been Rays Braves as it was looking like it was going to be, I would have loved it because I'm actually highly entertained by both teams. But there's no villain to root against there. And so I was almost because I saw the Braves were up 3-1 and then, you know, the Astros, whatever. And I was like, okay, if the Astros make it and the Braves make it, then like there's like something to root for there, root against. But Rays thankfully came out on top, showed the Astros who's boss. I also hate the Dodgers for reasons I can't really explain yet. And so, like, there's a villain there. So 
Was I rooting for them for a piece of it? I guess for my own entertainment, just to see them lose in the World Series. But man, I could not have been happier to see Altuve and Bregman and Springer just totally dejected. You are as big a wrestling fan as I know. And would there have been a better heel storyline for the Astros to take all this crap, deservedly so in the offseason for cheating, come back and just shove it in everyone's face and complete this epic comeback and get to the World Series? I got to be honest, a little part of me wanted it to happen. And like, great for the Rays that they overcame it. That was as pressure-packed a Game 7 as there's ever going to be, right? Like, knowing that if you lose it, it's not just that you're losing a crushing Game 7. You will go down in history as now the second team ever to blow a 3 nothing lead. Thankfully, that didn't happen. The Rays are an amazing story. It, it's crazy what they have accomplished to this point. We use the phrase David versus Goliath a lot in sports. Yep. I think this World Series is, like, the truest personification of that. It really is, and... You know, we've hammered this point home a thousand times now, but who hits for Tampa? A Rosarena who's come out of nowhere and is getting hot? I mean, the guy's not going to hit this many home runs in this kind of time frame ever again. And he's just hot at this point. And then what? Who is hitting? And I still, I've watched the games. I don't know who's hitting for them right now. Like, it's honestly, at a certain point, it feels like a Rosarena's just up every inning. That's honestly what it starts to feel like. And the Rays are like just that quintessential team that wins with pitching and more importantly, man, defense. Yeah, they can play. And the Dodgers proved it in the NLCS too. Look at Mookie Betts. The defense changes games when you make those crucial plays. And honestly, I would argue more importantly, when you make the fundamental plays that no one notices. When you're not committing errors and you're not beating yourself, you put yourself in just such a better position, which I don't feel like is nearly as valued as it should be, especially in these kinds of series. Yeah, Bobby, you mentioned the just ridiculous defense that the Dodgers showed off during that National League Championship Series between Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger. And unlike the Astros, the Dodgers did complete, let's not call it a historic comeback because 3-1 to has happened before, but nevertheless, an epic comeback. I mean, I got to shout out my guy, Jay Cohen, here. I'm sorry. The curse of Atlanta just lives on strong. It is a tough time to be an Atlanta sports fan between we don't have to talk about the Falcons a few years ago, blowing that Super Bowl up 28-3. to You file a college football, Georgia blowing the national championship game a few years ago to Alabama. And now you have the Braves up 3-1 on the Dodgers. Looks like they're steps away from going to the World Series for the first time since 1999. Not meant to be. Even more recently, just saying with Georgia and Alabama, Georgia just lost Alabama again. Yep. It's just wild. If we just look at the Braves, Acuna, Freeman, Ozuna, I mean, name me a more dangerous one through three right there. You'd be hard-pressed to find one. And Ian Anderson was pitching. Freed was pitching. I still don't know what happened. Like... It's really, really tough to do that. To go 3-1 and lose is really, really hard. To be a Braves fan or, or a player on the Braves and to suffer that defeat just over and over and over again is just heartbreaking. As, as I mentioned earlier, I said that I can't really articulate why I hate the Dodgers, but I texted you, I think, what, yesterday or, or maybe, I guess, yeah, it was yesterday, it was game seven. And I said, they're just, they're the Yankees of the National League, you know, and it's just... I'm so tired 
of them winning. And they're talking, they, you know, they haven't won a World Series since 1988. Cry me a freaking river. <laughs> You've been to the World Series so many times at this point. They're the first team since the Yankees in 2000 and 2003. I think 2003 was the last one they went, where they've been to three World Series in four years. And it's like, I'm sorry. Like, if you can't close, you can't close. That's whatever. But you've had massive success. I don't feel bad for you at all. There's a number of things you can point to overall for how that series got away from the Braves. But if we're just talking about Game 7, I think the moment you point to is that ridiculous double play that the Dodgers turned where the Braves had second and third. Nobody out. They were up 3-2 to at the time. And Turner makes this great play coupled with an Austin Riley base running blunder. And all of a sudden, instead of having... You know, if the play had gone normally, you'd have first and third, one out, chance to at least drive in one more run. It ends up with man on first and two outs, basically killing the entire rally. And it was one of those innings where, like, they somehow managed to come out of the inning with the lead and still feel like they probably lost the game there because yep. they had their chances in the first inning and that fourth inning to tack on runs. They didn't do it, and you just knew that it was going to come back to bite them, and it did. It was just so heartbreaking to see. And here's the thing. I actually like the players on the Dodgers. I somehow still feel bad for Kershaw. So do I. If there's any reason to root for the Dodgers, it's like I just feel bad for Clayton Kershaw. And he seems like a good guy. And it's just like this narrative is totally seems like overtaken his career. Yeah. He's a super likable guy that I want to see win. Mookie Betts. Do you have anything negative to say about that guy? Because I don't. The dude plays so hard and plays well. And he's not even that big of a guy. And just, like, makes it happen. I think Max Muncy's a cool player. Something about Cody Bellinger rubs me the wrong way. And when he, like... Is it the memes? <laughs> dude, when he, when he hit the home run and he came back and did, like, the forearm yeah. smash and he popped his shoulder, I don't root for people to get hurt. But a large part of me was laughing at that. Just like, man, you're, you're an idiot. You're so stupid. The people that hurt themselves on celebrations... Remember that Kendry Morales home run? Yeah where he walked it off and then, what, like, shattered his ankle? <laughs> yeah, like... I mean, this had a chance to be, like, one of the worst ones ever, right? Like, celebrating pretty much winning the National League in Game 7 on the way to the World Series and maybe knocking yourself out of the World Series. Glad he's okay, but it had a chance to be real bad there. Yeah, it had a chance to be atrocious. Luckily, it wasn't. They pull it out. I still hate them. I'm rooting for the Rays. But, yeah, let's, let's dive into this now. Rays, Dodgers. What are we looking at? We got Betts and Kershaw making a combined $27 million this season compared to the entire Tampa Bay Rays $26 million payroll. It's ridiculous. Jared, can this under $30 million team, the Tampa Bay Rays, really follow through? Can Randy Rosarena lead the offense to enough runs to pull out a world championship? It's tough to see, but... I'm going to say yes. I'm going to go wow. raise in seven games. I wow. mean, you've talked about it. The Dodgers have seemingly been there every year now and just can't close the deal. Now, there are some outside circumstances involved there. We know the Astros cheated in 2017. The Red Sox, sounds like, did some form of cheating in 2018. And the, both those teams beat the Dodgers in the World Series. So it's a little unfair to them, I guess, but... There's something about this Rays team. It kind of just feels like a team of destiny. Listen, you're preaching to the choir when you talk about teams of destiny. I thought Miami was a team of destiny. And I still hold on to that they would have been had that team been healthy. But yeah, are you going to bet against Snell, Glasnow, and Morton? Morton in that game seven was unhittable. 
both well, literally and figuratively. Yeah, we're going to get into that later. We got a lot to say about that. We'll, we'll get into that. But, like, when you have a guy like that and he's your third starter, mm-hmm. it's tough to bet against that team. I normally just, like, sometimes will just go against you just because I don't like taking your side on things. But I'm with you here. And I don't even think it's going to take seven games. I think the Rays handedly take this series in five. Five. A, a gentleman's sweep. It seems like you're right. Like it's a team of destiny. I can't see it happening. And, and I guess let's say that we're right. Let's say the Rays win. Can you count going to the World Series three times in four years and losing each time as a choke job? Or is it just like bad luck? I mean, they become the Buffalo Bills kind of of Major League Baseball if mm, that happens. Great right? call. Where like the Bills went four years in a row to the Super Bowl, which is an amazing accomplishment. And lost every time. And, like, how do we look back on them? How does history view them? More often than not, it's, like, not as a team that accomplished great things, but as a team that choked. Yeah, exactly. And it's, like, it's totally unfair, but it's just the reality. And if the Dodgers manage to lose this World Series again, I think they're going to suffer the same fate. It's ridiculous. I hope they lose. I'm rooting for the Rays. How can you not root for the Rays? Honestly, unless you're Houston or New York, how are you not rooting for the Rays at this point? Either way, fun times for baseball. And there are also fun times happening in other sports as we transition into football. Jared, NFL Week 6 is in the books. Huge storylines. Let's start off with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers thrashing. And I use the word thrashing the Packers. 38-10. to And they scored all 38 points unanswered. Thoughts on the Bucs and the Packers and Aaron Rodgers having one of, if not the worst, games of his career? Hey, Bobby, we've spent a lot of time talking about the Bucs on this podcast, and it has always revolved around their quarterback and their offense in general. And it's time we give the defense some respect because the Packers came into that game as hot, basically, as any offense in the league, and the Bucs just completely shut them down And it kind of gave me flashbacks to last year. And it's too early to say that this is the case again. But, you know, last year the Packers won 13 games. And I think throughout the course of the season, we never really thought of them as one of the true contenders out of the NFC, right? Like, we always thought there was a gap between them and San Francisco, let's say. And that was shown to be evident in the playoffs when San Francisco just destroyed them. Yep, yep. Like I said, it's too early to say that's the case again. But it just made me think of that again. Like, we're getting too carried away with the Packers after – four games because now they play a team that, and look, you've said it in the past. You don't even think of the Bucs as like a Super Bowl contender and one game doesn't prove anything, but they handily beat them. And so to me, it said more about the Bucks defense than anything else and that they're a force to be reckoned with going forward. But you know, a little doubt in your mind about the Packers. Yeah, for sure. I agree with everything you said, you know, Brady puts up one sixty six and two at, at best. That's an okay game. You know, like, I mean, they didn't need him to do more than that. They didn't, but he played game manager. That was his role. Okay. The Bucks' defense was locked down. And that's with Devontae Adams back. I was shocked. And I am prepared to say now that if that defense plays like that, or even close to that for the remainder of the season, that's a championship contending defense. Yep. I will eat my words Absolutely, because what I can do is I can now just chalk it up to the defense and I can still say Brady sucks. But, like, that team can play. 
You know, when you're knocking down Aaron Rodgers, I don't care what weapons you have, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams, and you can hold them to 10 points in the first quarter and never score again, that's something. I think it does put a little bit of doubt in the Packers, but, like, you know, he's Aaron Rodgers. He'll figure it out. Devontae Adams was one game back. They'll figure it out. They'll make the playoffs. I still think they come out of the NFC as the representatives for the Super Bowl, but, man, I mean, we might be looking at a, a playoff matchup down the road. Bobby, the rich keep getting richer. Le'Veon Bell goes from the outhouse to the penthouse. Cut by the Jets. Signs with the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs. I mean, do you think this is something to actually take note of, or is this just like big name, but it won't actually matter? This is 100% something to take note of, and I'll tell you why. Different scenario, won't produce the same numbers, but this is Randy Moss 2.0. Randy Moss goes from the Raiders. He was nothing. No one cared. His career was over. And he goes to New England and revives what everybody remembered, which was one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. I don't think Bell will go back to putting up 2,000 yards. I don't think that's true. Yeah. I don't think he'll be the same guy. But no one talked about Bell and the Jets. Nobody. Sorry, buddy. I'm sorry to you. <laughs> sorry to Noah. Sorry to whoever else. Jacob. He was a nobody on the Jets because the Jets are nobodies right now. Sorry, buddy. But, like, he is going to put up numbers in Kansas City. And now you have a guy like Edwards Hilaire who can learn from one of the best ever. No, this is great. This is great for everybody. This is, it's a, you know what it's not great for? Let me rephrase. This is great for everybody in Kansas City. If you're not in Kansas City, this is just, this is getting worse. Or if you own Clyde Edwards Hilaire in fantasy, but let's not get into that. I, I, okay, let's, let's not get into that. But yeah, it's, it's going to be hard to bet against the Chiefs, no? Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think there's a lot of takes out there that Le'Veon totally washed. I don't think that's the case. Is he the same guy as he was a couple of years ago, like you just said? No, he's not. But that's not what the Chiefs need him to be. And there's no question he can still pass block. There's no question he can still catch balls out of the backfield. So I think it's, it, it makes the toughest offense in the league to defend even tougher. I agree. Now, speaking of your stinky, smelly Jets, and I can say that because my football team has won one game. Literally, your football team. Literally, your stinky, smelly Jets are now favored, according to Caesars, has a 57% chance to get Trevor Lawrence, (laughs) who put up a wild game this past week. I mean, he looks as surefire as a thing as possible, which I also still don't think means much. But Jared, as a Jets fan, are you rooting for them to tank? That's a fair question, Bobby for most years for this year i don't even think it matters they're that bad that like they're, they're not tanking they actually suck like there's not you know you don't have to like last year that you know the famous chase young ball game between the giants and the and at the time redskins now wft sure and like there are a lot of giants fans rooting for them to lose that game so they could draft chase young and they ended up winning daniel jones probably his best game as a pro so far but like whatever the giants were decent enough that like there was a you had to root against them to lose the jets I mean, I'll ask you, Bobby, because I'm biased. You're, you're unbiased in this. Do you see the Jets winning a game this year? No. And I think, I think we spoke about it here where I, I was proposed, will the Giants and the Jets combine for over under five and a half wins? And I took the under. Like, I went through the whole schedule. and I was, <laughs> The Jets might go 0-16, and they just lost arguably their most talented player. This team is awful. They're horrendous. So was my team. But we're heading, I think, in a little bit of different directions. Hopefully Trevor Lawrence winds up being the guy. And then what happens to Sam Darnold? Man, I don't know. That's a tough road for that guy. Thrown into a terrible situation and just, it was not fair. You know what? Maybe he ends up 
on a team looking for a new quarterback, like a good team that, you know, they've got an older quarterback. They're not ready to transition, kind of like the Saints did with Jameis this year. And maybe that team is the 5-0 and Pittsburgh Steelers. He got Ben at the end of his career. Do they say, like, make the move for Darnold, like let him learn for a year? I could see it happening. And speaking of the Steelers, Bobby, you know, we spent a lot of time saying – it's going to be the Chiefs out of the AFC. Maybe it's going to be the Ravens, but like those are the only teams worth talking about in the AFC. And right now, it looks like we're wrong, Bobby. The Steelers are 5-0. and The Titans are undefeated at this point. And both of those teams, ironically, end up playing each other this week, and that'll be a great game. But both of those teams look like they're as big a threat as anybody to come out of the AFC East right now. Are we not spending enough time talking about the Steelers and the Titans? No, we're not. And I'm the first one to eat my words on this one, too. Chiefs and Ravens, Ben. Those were the teams. And the Steelers are way better than I expected. I'll tell you that. That Play defense people. is just amazing. Seriously, though. And Micah Fitzpatrick somehow continues to find the end zone. I don't get it. He's literally a magnet for the football. It's wild. And then <laughs> that offense still plays. Claypool apparently is more than a one-hit wonder. Turning into a star. I'm shocked. James Conner putting up 100 yards and 20 carries. Ben up there, not as not as good as he once used to be, but definitely serviceable and I would say arguably good. And the Titans, I mean, Lord, how many times are we going to bet against Ryan Tannehill? How many times? And before, before we just say like, okay, maybe this guy's a good quarterback. Maybe he was just in the wrong system in Miami. Yeah, I think we're there. And Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry. I mean, 212 yards. It's not fair for a man to be that size, that powerful, and run as fast as he can. It's just ridiculous. He looks like a man amongst boys. It's hard to make NFL players look like boys, but he does. It's insane. I think we've overlooked the Titans. I think we've overlooked the Steelers. And I think no more. I think it is a two-team race has now doubled to a four-team race. And it would not surprise me to see any of those guys make the Super Bowl. I think the Titans are a distant fourth. I still, I just, I can't. I can't put them on the same category yet. Rank, give me your ranking of those four teams right now. As we, we, The Chiefs just beat the Bills, so go ahead. Honestly, Chiefs, then the Steelers. Wow. Then the Ravens, who almost blew it to Philly. A Philly team that sucks. And then, even way below that, it's the Titans. Have the Titans go 8-0, and, and I'll, I'll be on board. But I just... I still can't see Ryan Tannehill, man. I don't know. I, I'm the guy that keeps doubting him, and I keep getting thrown in my face. Good for him. And speaking of people that are no longer believed in, the Clippers no longer believed in Doc Rivers and so went out inside Teron Lu. Jared, we're coming to the end of our time here. Let's do some quick ones. Thoughts on Teron Lu as the new head coach of the Clippers? I don't know if the NBA coaching changes anymore. I mean, look, I guess it worked out for the Lakers with Frank Vogel. It's going to come down to what happens with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, right? Like, I mean, we talked about a couple weeks ago how Doc Rivers probably deserved to lose his job. Do I think he was actually the reason they lost that series? No. I don't think it'll make – I mean, it's a cosmetic change to me. Does it make Paul George and Kawhi Leonard play better? Maybe. That's all that matters, honestly. Like, So do I think it'll make them better? I don't know. Speaking of somebody else who got fired this week, or maybe not fired is not the right way to put it, but anyway, Daryl Morey of this podcast fame, is now out with the Houston Rockets, Bobby. What were your initial thoughts upon seeing that pretty big news? Yeah, it was pretty big, and it almost seemed amicable, right? Like, it didn't seem like he was totally just removed. 
Yeah. And he's also, like, sticking around for a little bit to, like, finish the job. But, I mean, listen, the dude has changed the game of basketball. I think you'd be hard-pressed to tell, to tell me that he hasn't. So, anybody that hasn't, he did incredible things for Houston. And it really might be one of those things where, like, he's out, somebody new comes in, reaps the benefits, adds a little bit more. And Houston's totally close to winning a championship. Like, that would not surprise me to see them in the finals next year again. Yes, of course, you're going up against the Clippers. Yes, you're going up against the Nuggets and the Lakers. I, I get it. But, like, that team can play. Any team with James Harden and Russell Westbrook can play. And Daryl Morey, lasting legacy, not surprised. We'll probably catch on somewhere else. I w- I'd be shocked if he didn't. Let me just ask you, though, because I don't think we can talk about this without getting into this a little bit. Do you think it had anything to do with the whole Hong Kong-China situation last year? <sighs> I hope not. I hope not, but there's so many backdoor conversations and political games and strong arming in every business that if it were to ever come out, which it won't, but if it were to ever come out that that was the reason, man, not good. Yeah. I I mean, honestly, I I disagree with you. To me, it just felt like that, you know, the league has lost a ton of money this year first from that whole China situation because China stopped showing the games on TV there. They only showed the last game of the finals. There was, I think it was the first game they'd shown in a year. Mm-hmm. And obviously they didn't notice at the time, but they got hammered by the pandemic. And so this kind of just felt to me like the NBA couldn't fire him at the time. You know, they couldn't force Rockets to fire him at the time because you can't look like you're totally kowtowing to communist China. But it felt to me that it was like, okay, we'll take the stand a year ago and just like, at a certain point, we'll just kind of push him out so that we can like open the Chinese market up again because it's just it's too much money for the league to lose out on. There's no way for me to prove that. Who knows if it'll ever come out? But to me, the whole thing was fishy. Not good. Not good. And finally, speaking of money being left on the table, legendary NHL announcer Doc Emmerich, who has just been probably arguably the voice of the NHL for decades. No question about it. Has stepped down, has retired and is sailing off to the sunset at the ripe young age of 74. Thoughts on the career of Doc Emmerich? Awesome. Glad that he gets to go out on his own terms. I mean, you're right. He is the voice of the NHL. Both me and you are casual at best hockey fans, and, like, we know who he is, and that says a lot, right? I mean, that's pretty much all you need to know. If you've watched any of these, you know, any Game 7 the last few years, like big games, his voice is always the soundtrack to those games. Was still doing a great job up until the age of 74, good for him bobby you mentioned this is episode 25 of chatter up and that's a big deal and that means we got to bring out the big guns the best segments it's time for america's favorite game show would you you rather Rather. we mentioned it in what did i miss earlier charlie morton's performance in game seven And that just got me venting to you just about like the way baseball is played now. We'll get into it further now. Bobby, would you rather have baseball as it is right now played in 2020? And I think we all know exactly what that means, right? Like it's, you know, all I have to say is it's a numbers game, all about the analytics now. Or would you prefer to press a button and just eliminate all of that and have baseball as it was? I'm not even going to say 50 years ago let's just say 20 years ago, like when we were growing up getting to love baseball the way we do, which do you prefer? 
we got to talk about the benefits of each side. Right now, the benefit is you are trusting the data to get you the best possible result, and both sides are doing that, which then theoretically leads to more competitive games, right? Like you're putting the absolute best chance for you to succeed every time. That includes pinch hitting. That includes righty-righty, lefty-lefty matchups. Mm -hmm. That includes putting in openers. That includes not bunting, whatever it is. Cons of that, you have what happened with Charlie Morton. Just to recap really quick with Charlie Morton, he threw 66 pitches. He was cruising. Cruising is an understatement. If you've ever seen Charlie Morton pitch, his stuff moves as good as anybody's. I mean, his two-seamer is lethal. He went into the sixth. He gave up, what, an an infield single? Infield single. It was the second hit he had allowed to that point in the sixth inning. And they pull him, and everybody's like, oh, man, if they lose this game, Cash is going to look terrible. They wind up winning, so no one's going to remember this. Mm Mm-hmm. But, Jared, you know, you and I spoke about this at length prior to coming on here. You don't see those classic gutty performances in Game 7 anymore. I mean, how cool would it have been to see Charlie Morton go nine innings? You know, and like win or lose, that just would that there's such a different aura to that than bringing in, what, Peter Fairbanks for an inning and a third, an inning and two thirds. And it's nothing against Fairbanks and it's nothing against bullpens either. But it's just, there's such a different RN when he's cruising like that. Like, analytics play a role because technology moves forward, and I get it. But you're asking me, what would I rather? I'd rather see the bunts. I'd rather see the sacrifice hits. I'd rather throw guys out there. You know, I remember Edwin Jackson had a no-hitter going and threw 140 pitches. That would never happen. Never. What would I rather? I snap my fingers and I go back to my childhood, which isn't even that long ago. And that's the game that I prefer to watch. I am on the same page as you, Bobby. I I agree with everything you said there. And that doesn't make for great podcasting, but we have to be honest. The way of the world now, like the the key buzzword, it feels like in corporate America is like efficiency, right? Like the goal is to make everything as efficient as possible. And mostly that's a good thing for society, right? Like what's more efficient than carrying around a bag filled with textbooks, carrying around a bag with like one tablet that has all your textbooks on it. And what's more efficient than like carrying around like a fat wallet with all your credit cards on it, like having Apple pay on your phone and not having to like clutter yourselves with all these things and just like having everything stored in one place. But when it comes to baseball, it has made the sport worse. In my opinion, the people that work in analytics departments and front offices would tell you, the way baseball is played now is the most efficient way to win baseball games. And like, that's why it makes the most sense to do it. And I'm not even disagreeing with that. It, that, that, I mean, I can't argue with it. it. It's probably true, but it has hurt the product. I don't think there's any question about it. I said this to you the other night, some people will look at it and say like, Oh, there's more strategy in the game now because there's all these different numbers taken into account and matchups to think about. But to me, there actually is no more strategy because there's no feel. There's no gut anymore. It's all like whatever the computer spits out, that's what we have to do. So like doesn't matter that Charlie Morton looked like he was pitching the game of his life in game seven, that he was cruising through that lineup, that he was in line what looked like to have a legendary performance that we would talk about for years to come. 
the computer says that when Charlie Morton faces a lineup for the third time through, he's not as good. And therefore, like, we have to take him out no matter what. And it's just like we sound like 80-year-old men <laughs> wishing like, ba- we, like baseball mm-hmm. was played like it was when, you know, in 1960 when Tom Sear was throwing complete games every time out. And this, the concept of an opener was like limited to bottles only. But, I mean, we're literally talking about and, – and I'm going to shout out Gabe Duba because I had the same conversation with him. You remember, Bobby, 2008, the end of the season, CC Sabathia going out his last three starts of the year for the Brewers, pitching on three days rest – Mm-hmm. And willing that team into the playoffs, he was just getting driven into the ground. And yet, like, it was amazing to watch, right? Like, but that might as well have been 1958, not 2008, because you would never, ever see anything like that again. For me, it has taken away part of what I love about baseball, which is just, like, looking back at these legendary performances, thinking back to, like, for me, and, and I, I mentioned this when we talked during the bracket of shame, like, it didn't work out for the Mets in 2015 game five when Matt Harvey came out for the ninth inning. And I guess that's the counter argument to like why the numbers matter. But like I said at the time, no Mets fan wanted them to take Harvey out of the game. You know, like it was just to see him come out for the ninth inning and to know like if he comes out, finishes the game and the Mets win, it's something that like whatever happens the rest of the series, we're talking about it the rest of our lives. Like remember that amazing performance by Matt Harvey, the Mets needed him to go out and, pitch a great game and he not only did that he pitched a complete game and like willed them to victory you're just never really going to see that again like if charlie morton is if is not getting the opportunity to pitch out of the sixth inning with the game he's having i have a a hard time seeing any situation where like anyone on the rays or the dodgers because they you know did the same thing in game seven just throwing out a million pitchers it's probably never going to go back to the way it was and and that doesn't mean that i'm going to stop watching baseball bobby but I would be lying if I told you I'd rather this way than what it was. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that we're talking about this series in particular because there was a moment, and I think it was game five when Grinky was pitching. It was the sixth inning, and the bases were loaded, and there were two outs. And Dusty Baker, who is like the epitome of old-school baseball, comes out. And when your manager comes out, 99 times out of 100 – you're giving him the ball. It's the end of the road. And Baker goes out there and he leaves him in. And it was like this big moment. He winds up gutting it out. He strikes him out on a changeup, gets out of the inning, and you just see the smile because, like, everyone knew that doesn't happen anymore. That's why it was such a crazy moment in that moment. And the fact that you bring up Sabathia now is really interesting because Sabathia was with Milwaukee for, what, three mm-hmm. months less And we remember that. That might be one of, if not the most memorable part of his career. And they didn't go to the World Series. They didn't win a championship. And he was there for three months. And we remember it because you're so right. It was legendary. It was something that you'll never forget because out comes this big 200 and what, 40-pound pitcher and they're like, listen, ride or die. You either win us the game or you lose the game, and that's okay. And how cool is that, you know? And maybe, maybe that's not good for long-term arms. I don't know. And, like, sure, the counter-argument is, does that give you the best chance to win? You know what? Mm, I almost said I don't care. Because if it's the Orioles, you have to, I, I would care. Yeah. I would want to give myself the best chance to win. But sometimes I feel like the numbers are wrong. 
sometimes I feel like you just have to go with the hot hand. You know, we talk about all the time in baseball within like 10 pitches, you know, if a guy's got it or not. And if he's got it, then you ride him and you just do. And you just have faith in a guy like Charlie Morton to run it through. Cause that's just what baseball is. I want to see more stolen bases. I want to more see more drag bunts down the third base line. The numbers don't lend themselves to that because you want to win. And in the process, you're taking away the thing that we love, which is the heart and soul of the game. It's wild, man. And I, I miss it. And I would absolutely 100% take the, the rather. Yeah. And just, just to wrap this up, I mean, I think baseball really faces a reckoning because it is a competition. And like we said, this probably gives teams the best chance to win. But at the end of the day, it's about entertainment, right? Like it's an entertainment product. And so if the way the game is played, whether it's quote unquote good or not, is not entertaining for people to watch, baseball faces a problem. And if people like me and you who spent our whole lives watching baseball and like still do. And yet we're having this conversation where it's like, we don't really enjoy watching this brand of baseball anymore. It's, it's a problem. It really is. Like we spent a lot of time talking about how like the NFL is kind of like in trouble down the line, but like the NFL, you know, the ratings are still great for it. Whether that's, you know, because of gambling or fantasy, it doesn't matter. Like people still love the NFL and we don't have the same conversations about the NFL about like how, you know, the game is so hard to watch. Like, I wish it was back to how it used to be the way we do about baseball. And, and, you know, that's not to say that baseball is going anywhere again, the next 10, 20 years. But, but it's, I do think they are going to have to figure some sort of middle ground out before they start losing people like us. Jared, it is our 25th anniversary episode, and it wouldn't be the same unless we brought in the Quizmaster for another rousing round of successful, Bobby, knowledgeable trivia. Am I right? Another? I mean, I guess technically you've won more than once, I think. Listen, blissful ignorance, man, and confidence leads to victory no matter what. You get knocked down, you keep coming back up. And so with that, we bring in the quiz master, Jeremy Tuck. How you doing, man? I am doing great as always. How about you guys? No complaints on our end. Ready to go. So, Jared, you've won yes. the last couple weeks, but we're playing Name That Player. And if you remember last time we played this game, Bobby won on the legendary Jamie Moyer call. Oh, I have not forgotten it. I, I cry in bed every night thinking about it. <laughs> so, no taking anything for granted here. Uh, we're playing Name That Player, and this time it's all about names. Okay. You'll see by the, you'll see by the time we get to the categories, we're going to have some fun. It's going to be loose. We have a chance to have a good game, and let's get started. All right? You ready? Love it. Ready. All right, Bobby, because you're the defending Name That Player champion, you get the first choice of three ca- three categories. Let's do it. All right, so you have players who share one or two names with Hollywood stars. <laughs> you have players who share the names of a character on The Simpsons. <laughs> or you have a player who shares his name with a food item. 
What is this? <laughs> Take a pick. Oh boy. Um All right, man. Let's let's go uh let's go food item. My man, somebody's hungry. A, B or C? B for Bobby. Okay, this man is 58 years old. He played 1583 games in Major League Baseball last for my New York Yankees. Not ready to guess yet. He is 6 foot 6 and 190 pounds. That's a, that's, a, that's a lanky boy. Yeah. I'll keep going. Uh, he was a first-round pick by the New York Mets. Ooh. Let it ride. Yep. Uh, he played 17 seasons in Major League Baseball. And remember, he shares a name with a food item. Right. He played 17 seasons and played 1,500 games. Uh, you, okay. You ready for the home nation for seven points? Yeah. The, yes. the United States of America. That's super helpful. Yeah, let's go to the sixth uh, he, he was an outfielder. Okay. You haven't yet said when he retired, No, right? no, that's, that's a ways down okay. the road. Okay. Have you given us his name yet? I will once <laughs> one of you guess it correctly. He's an outfielder. He's a big outfielder. He's named after a Keep food. Going. Okay, go ahead. Uh, he has a 42.2 wins above replacement for his career for five points. That's pretty good. 17 years he's like a little over two yeah, about two and a half I mean, a listen, year that's we saw bad. Dante Bichette and that's yeah yeah. You know. yeah he was around 17 years so he had to be decent I don't know 17 if, years I don't know yeah. if Bichette's a food item though <laughs> I didn't go to the Cordon Blue, so I mean I don't know and, and, the, and the part that's also I'm like trying to be leery of is like he was a first round pick in the Mets that doesn't mean he played for the Mets right exactly for four yep. points he had 1401 career hits that's not so good in 17, no, 17 seasons years. No. unless he like just got real hurt you know and like broke down he was drafted by the Mets he played 17 seasons and remember the last team he played for is the Yankees so there there may be a little bit of hint here for three points he hit 335 home runs that's not bad it's pretty good actually if I do say so myself yeah 335 and it's a it's, it's the food thing I'm trying to come back on yeah I know I know I'm trying to think of like some of the glory years for the Yankees you know there were 27 of them so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on this one as well all right he played from 1983 to 1999 oh how did I let this go Darryl yeah Strawberry. really I was wait I was expecting you what to get it right hell, after the man I can't you know what for some reason, it was just in my head that we were talking first names. I'm an idiot. I really am an idiot. I feel bad about. It. I honestly, I don't even. I, I don't even deserve so you're, that. So you're conceding? No, 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 no. Come on. I thought you were gonna get that way sooner. Right when I said first round yeah, pick in the match, terrible. he's six foot six. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> next up for Jared, we have players who go by their nickname. We have players whose name is an occupation. And we have players who share their name with a former U.S. president. Let you know what? It's election season. The election is underway, pretty much. Let's go. Players who share their name with a former U.S. Okay. president. Okay. A, B, or C? C. Okay. That is not a political option, so you're going great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, this player is 35 years old. He's played in 354 games as of this this recording or when I made this quiz I don't remember when it was 
Uh, last for the Kansas City Royals. Um, you said he's, he's 35. 35. Pass. Nope. Nope. Go ahead. Six foot, 205 pounds. Normal guy. Nope. Just clearing this up. Yeah. This is the last name of a president, or that you're not giving that either? I'm not giving that. Right. So it could be. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. I mean, okay. You know what? I will give it to you. Last name. Okay. Because it, like, I mean, you're not going to find any Millards. But, right, you know, right. there's like a million Georges, so. Okay. Uh, for nine points, he was drafted in the first round by the New York Yankees. Ooh, I was so close to saying Alex Gordon, but thinking that it would be Alexander, just to <laughs> throw it out there. Interesting call. Um, I, don't think... I was going to say, that's an interesting call. Yeah. Even though I said last name. But other than that, you Grover Cleveland Alexander. Oh, you're saying, okay, okay, I understand now. You're saying the player's yes. last name. That's the only hint towards okay, his name I'll it. give you. Gotcha, gotcha. You said gotcha. he's 35. He's 35. Right? Last played for the Royals. Okay. He was a first-round so pick still, by the Yankees. So could be active, right? That's what you That's what you said, right? He's, he's active. He could be. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm ready to hear the next clue. I don't know about you, Jerry. Played 13 seasons in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Nope. This wouldn't be a presidential category if he wasn't from the United States of America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, uh, for going. six points, he he is a pitcher. He's only played five hundred. That's why when you said Gordon, that was I was like, he played five five thirty three fifty four. Actually, sense, games yeah. played. There you go. Yeah, that that, that doesn't make any sense. That, who pitched in that staff this year? But we don't even know if he's on the team now. But he said he was thirty five. And he last played for the Royals, so I guess he could have retired at 35. And remember, remember the name yeah. thing. He's uh, he shares the name of the president, right? So, right. is it John Obama? Don't tell me that's your <laughs> official guess. Get the heck out of here. <laughs> that's not ahead. a real. I'm ready for Not even a real clip. person. Um, for five points, his wins above replacement is 17.6. 13 seasons seems like one a year. He's a royal. It's a, de- so, it's a decent Though, player. granted, 2015 was a wonderful year. How many games did you say? Three, three, three fifty-four. Over how many 13. seasons? All right. For four points, he has struck out 1,633 batters. It's over 100 a season. Not bad. Yep. We, we're just we're just it's not, not there. We're not you, in man. it today, Bobby. It's bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, are you ready for how many wins he had? I am. 97 for three points. 97 over 13 seasons. Mm-hmm. It's not super impressive. No, it's not. This guy's like a back-of-the-rotation guy. God, who pitched for the Royals this year, man? With a presidential last name. Yeah. Yeah. Trot Nixon wasn't a pitcher, and I don't think he played for the Royals this past year. <laughs> for... I think I think I got you it. Think right, you got go it? I think I have it. Give me Ian Kennedy. Kennedy. Wow. Wow. Yes. All right. Okay. Okay. What, what's our, what's our point um, right It is now? five nothing, Jared. Okay. Bobby, you have. We're gonna go back to two of the old categories. We have players who na- share their name with animals. Uh, we're gonna go with Simpsons characters, and we're going with Hollywood stars. Oh boy. How about Hollywood stars? All right. Let's do that. Love A, B, it. or C. A. a. Okay, this guy is 25 years old. 
as of this podcast. Okay, so he has appeared in 54 games last for the Cleveland Indians. Okay, and and again, just to be clear, this is the last name is going to be the same as it could be both, could person. be one, could be the other. You'll recognize it when you see it. Oh, okay, we're not going to get. Sorry, you said okay. he 54 games this year or total. total. He is 25. He's 25. And he is or last appeared for the Cleveland Indians. I made this podcast, I think, while the season was going on, so these n- numbers may not be 100% up to date, but okay. close to it. Okay. All right. Let's All right. keep going. So he is six foot three yep. and weighs 200 pounds. Yeah, nothing so far. Eh? All right. Um, yep. Fourth round pick by the Indians. So he's a homegrown guy. Not for me. And remember, he shares his name with a Hollywood star. His entire name? Not necessarily. Okay. For eight points, he has appeared in two seasons. Two full seasons, I should say. I got to assume that, like, right, it's not like a Dwayne Johnson kind of thing where the guy's last name is Johnson. You know, and it's like, oh. It's, you know, I'm going to make it recognizable. Right, 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 right. right. I mean, thinking of, because the guy was probably, a, are you on the same page with me that the guy is probably currently That's, on the I, Indian? I have to assume that. <laughs> right. So I'm trying to think of, like, I mean, their their pitchers are like their starters are all pretty good. We know like right. most of them. Fifty four total games. Then when he's twenty five, and he played two seasons. Because I was gonna say if it was one, right? Then he's early. Right. For sure. So this guy's a starter. So now Bobby yeah. gets it without the next hint. Bobby takes the lead. No pressure. Oh God. Have you given the wins above the next hint? Yet? That's the next hint. I'm ready for the next hint. I don't know about you. His wins above replacement yeah. is five point five as of the writing of this quiz. Over fifty-four games. Oh, Bobby, Shane Bieber. Damn, dude. How did we forget? Like the the guy's gonna win the American League Cy Young this year. This is a really like collectively. This is, this is a terrible show. This is atrocious. Like there's there there are absolutely gonna be people out there that got all yep. those like on the. All first right, show. Um, I'm gonna pick the next t- category, and we're gonna go with the nicknames guy. So these guys go by their nicknames. So I mean, we're you're in the I'm Moyers, in Moyers zone, though, Bobby, because like this is where we were at yeah. last. Yeah. Pretty... Nickname guys, Bobby, A, B, or C. Uh, I'll choose. I'll All right, choose. Uh, this man is 34 years old. He has appeared in 385 games. Last for the Cleveland Indians. Okay, another Indian. Keep going. Six foot three, 245 pounds. That's a big boy. Yeah, all right, uh, keep he going. was a first round pick by the Yankees. He's 35. He by his nickname, 34. Yeah, he's probably still around. I would have to get it here. I, uh, if you, well, I told you draft position, so you actually cannot get it anymore, uh, okay. unless we do okay. one more okay. round, in which which was the J- Jamie Moyer round <laughs> last time. <laughs> Let's play this out. Let's see All how right. this goes. Goes by his nickname. It's not there for me. He's appeared in yeah, ten different major league seasons. Next. Proceed. Pitcher. Yeah. War of 7.6. Yep. In 10 no. years, so not great. 385. So, he's a reliever. He's a big guy. Goes by his nickname. Big boy. I think that's the only thing we've established so far. He's big. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not there for me. This is, this is, uh, uh this he is struck out round. 546 batters. 546. It's still not helpful. 25 career wins. 
Uh-huh. We're not like getting anything that we uh-huh. we know he's a reliever. Uh, okay. So for two points, he pitched between 2007 and 2016. So he's not active anymore. Okay. But you said he's is he he's, he's currently 30, 35. He's 34 he was 35 now. When he was last active. 34. I keep thinking 35. Okay. Um, he's 34 now. So he's 22. We passed his birthday like... a month ago, so it's uh, he's 35 now. He's still equally inactive. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And he was drafted by the Yankees in the first round. He last appeared uh, yes. in 2016. And he goes by his nickname, and he's a big dude. I feel like it's the weight thing that should be able to give this one. But I'm trying to think of you bigger relievers. Uh, Bobby? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, in order. Yeah, go. Yankees, Tigers, Royals, Indians. Is it Jabba? Yeah. A boy yeah, dear and dear to my heart. Wow, I have n- no recollection of him on the I was at literally all. thinking about him from the beginning. I was like, bigger relievers. And I was like, I don't think he played for the um, Indians. So, point to Bobby. <laughs> and it's 10 to 1. Quizmaster, thank you again for a great quiz. Jared, I mean... I mean, I don't feel good about it. Let me, let me just be honest with you. I don't, I don't feel good about it. I mean, listen, we can just this isn't this isn't we can just chalk this up as you know, hey, like we both win here, or we both lose. <laughs> I mean, we could do that. that we won't fair do to that. Me. But we could. This guys being magnanimous for a change. <laughs> All right, Jared. Let's wrap up this week, the twenty fifth anniversary of Chatter Up with. Handing out some hardware, shall we? Let's hand out some Champ Chump Awards because people deserve it on both ends, yeah? Yeah, and you said 25th anniversary, so that means the trophies are a little bit bigger this week. Little bit bigger. Let's start off with the positive this week. The positive this week, the Champ of the Week, goes to none other than Tampa Bay Rays' own Randy Rosarena. I mean, this guy is ridiculous. I don't think you'll ever see a better rookie postseason performance than this guy. Single-handedly leading that offense. Every single time he comes to the plate, you think, he can't hit a home run again. And then he does. It's just unbelievable. There really isn't that much more to say. This guy led the team to the World Series. Tell me I'm wrong. And that's not even the segment. But tell me I'm wrong that this guy doesn't deserve the champ award. I mean, I can't. The craziest thing is, Bobby, he's still eligible for rookie of the year next season. Like, it's insane. The guy could win World Series MVP this year and win Rookie of the Year next year. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Without question, this week's champ of the week, the 25th anniversary, goes to Tampa Bay's own Randy Rosarena. And now, Jared, please tell me who we got for one of the ultimate chumps on par with Dan Snyder. Yeah, I mean, I hesitate to do this, Bobby, because we learned a few weeks ago that my deeming of the chump of the week has a lot of power because I made it Dan Quinn and about 10 days later, Dan Quinn lost his job. And so I, I hesitate to do it again with an NFL coach, knowing the power that this podcast wields, but I have to. And we talked about it earlier in the episode. The chump of the week has to go to Adam Gase, soon to be ex-head coach of the New York Jets. Well-deserved. I mean, look, the Jets are just not even a competitive team. It's not like it's one thing to watch a young team that's just like not good, but they're out there like trying and and playing competitively. And like you can look towards the future and be like, all right, 
there's there's something to build on here. They're, the Jets have none of that. I mean, they just played the Dolphins, who, no disrespect to the Dolphins, but, you know, look, they're 3-2 and two now. But we don't look at them as one of the best teams in the NFL. They're nowhere near a playoff contender in our minds. And they absolutely destroyed the Jets. They beat them 24 to nothing. And if you can believe it, the score does not indicate how big of a gap there is between the two teams. It's ridiculous. Adam Gase clearly has no idea what he's doing. And you look around the league, there's so many of these players. And, and we said it before, it's going to happen to Le'Veon Bell. Guys that played under Adam Gase did not produce and then either went somewhere else or Adam Gase went somewhere else and their careers took off. Look at Devontae Parker, who for years looked at as a bust with the Dolphins. Now he's a true, legitimate number one receiver. Look at Kenyon Drake, who I guess not great timing right now because he hasn't been great this year, but last year goes from like middle of the road running back to the Dolphins. They trade him to Arizona and he becomes a stud. It becomes, you know, it was a, he was a fantasy league winner if you had him on your team last year. But, I mean, it's just, it's crazy that this guy still has a job. Oh, and, and I forgot about the biggest one of all. I mean, we mentioned him in the episode. Ryan Tannehill. I mean, you say yeah. you don't believe in yeah. him yet, but like Ryan Tannehill looks to be a franchise quarterback right now. He was a middling starter for the Dolphins, went to the Titans as a backup on a one-year deal, and now looks to be in line to get a mega deal as a franchise quarterback for that team. I mean, He was certainly paid like one. Yeah. And it, it's, I mean, is, could it be a coincidence that all three of those guys came out from under the fog of Adam Gase and turned their careers around? It could be, but, like, it certainly doesn't look that way considering that it looks like Gase has no idea what he's doing. I mean, he makes Dan Quinn look like Bill Belichick, and, and that's saying a lot. And so for, for those reasons, Adam Gase, check your mailbox. You'll be getting the big boy, because it's episode 25, the big boy trophy for Chump of the Week this week. It's probably the only hardware that you'll be getting out of this just train wreck of a tenure with the Jets as coach of the Jets. But, hey, you got something, my man. Woo. Jared, they say that it is a marathon, not a sprint, but I feel like I sprinted a marathon. What's the saying for, for the 25th anniversary, Bobby? It's not the gold one. I think that's 75. Is 50 silver. What, what's 25? Is that like the, the copper anniversary, the bronze? Yeah, it's something. One of those brown medals, right? It's a medal. Whatever it is, it's a medal. We have medaled. Thank you so much for helping to make Chatter Up what it has been. It is only just getting started. We have so many more things planned for you guys. You want to hear more guests? We've got more guests. You want to hear about people who've written books? We got them. You want to hear athletes? I promise you, you'll hear more from me. You won't want to miss anything else from Chatter Up because episode 26 is going to be back and better than ever. Same time, same place next week. Yeah, Bobby, episode 25. I mean, look, we say every week it was the best episode ever, but I think this was 25 times better than anything we've done to this point. Yeah, that's spot on. I could not agree with you more. Thanks to the Quizmaster, of course, for putting together this week's quiz. A lot of fun, as always. And thank you to the listeners. Thank you for everyone who's out there that listens to our podcast every week. Spread the word, because you love it. You know you do, and you know other people are going to love it, too. So spread that word. Get the word out there. We greatly appreciate it. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, at chatter underscore up. Send us an email, chatteruppodcast at gmail.com. And most importantly, continue to listen to this podcast. Continue to listen. 
Continue to tune in. We'll see you all next week when you step up to the plate with the next Chatter Up.